1: Welcome to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, go Fur. With me this week is Andy, Gopher Guy 5
0: We're a hockey school again. Woohoo!
1: And you Street.
0: Hey, y'all. Well, we may
1: be a hockey school, but we're going to turn our attention to basketball for at least the, the start of the podcast. Why? Uh, well, because... That's an excellent question. I, I, I'm going to say it's because we want to end on a high note. Uh, because basketball is more up and down compared to hockey, at least as of late. And because it gives me a chance to, right at the beginning, uh, point out that um, no one came off looking good in that Wisconsin-Michigan game. Like, no one. And the fact that that fight was about timeouts and not Brad Davison kicking people's legs out from under them on rebounds is frankly one of the most shocking things of the entire uh incident
2: yeah yeah i think the the larger point that's made in in a lot of these things is that the nature of the game of basketball is that people will sort of coach whenever i do not think if you are in this case juan howard You have much of a leg to stand on, getting mad at someone taking a timeout when you yourself are pressing the benched players with a minute or so to go. That's a little bit ridiculous. And then every aspect of the actual altercation was deeply unfortunate at a minimum. What was less unfortunate in a transition that everyone's impressed by what was less unfortunate was minnesota beating northwestern 77 to 60 on saturday afternoon i was excited we had a man in the building in a zips of akron who reported generally that things went well and presumably he found a place to drink outside so go zips <laughs> luke lowey was the the highlight peyton willis unfortunately was out last game hopefully we'll be back for uh the the next one against wisconsin here on wednesday uh, but minnesota ends up winning 77 60 luke lowey had a season high 24 points with six threes looking like steph curry in the all-star game you know with a mild talent gap jameson battle also 21 and 14 which especially in the absence of peyton is super important to have two scores in general but especially jameson battle i Don't know this season if there's been a game where Jameson Battle is playing very well and the Gophers have been not competitive because he's played well quite a bit of the season, They've of course, lost a lot of games because overall the team level isn't that talented. But I don't think this team has much of a chance if Jameson Battle is not playing well, partially because he himself is a good player and also he's a very high usage player. So if he's missing a lot of shots, given that the team does not generally go for offensive rebounds or other putbacks on the offensive end, that means a lot of empty possessions as a result. So positive on that front. The women also played. I'm going to leave it at that because that was infuriating. And going into uh, tomorrow, Minnesota is scheduled to take on the Wisconsin Badgers. We are recording this on Tuesday night. So on Wednesday, Minnesota is scheduled to play Wisconsin, who will be out. Jacoby Neath, who apparently was suspended as a result of the fracas that Chris mentioned at the top.
1: Yeah, I like fracas as a word there. Also, I I need to – well, I'm not going to go look it up right now. If you're interested in reading the best thing you could possibly read on that whole fracas – uh, slide over to mgoblog.com um, and there is a, a post entitled, This Will Never Happen Again. That is frankly one of the most in-depth breakdowns of what happened and thoughtful like, reflections on what wasn't cool and why it wasn't cool that I could imagine anyone writing, much less somebody who roots for one of the teams. Um, But there was also a word that the writer created to describe the slappy thing that John Howard did. That's just perfect. And I wish I remembered what it was like. It's it's a great word that he made up. So with fracas, that word deserves to be uh, used more often in less serious incidents. Um, Yeah, the women, they would do that. We're moving. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, we we ha- we just went through and talked about all the great opportunities, and then that happened. I just
0: we're, we're moving on like Mark Coyle should go from Lindsey Whalen, or, or too soon, too soon. Well, no, I actually, think-
1: no, this, is is go- this is good. good. This is next this, this is good. The last time Andy called for a coach's head, that team went out and won a conference championship. So that is,
2: that is true. I think it is. I think it is very fair to say that next season Lindsey Whalen would be on the hot seat. And if Lindsey Whalen had the similar level of performance, COVID makes things a little bit challenging, of course. But if Lindsey Whalen had the similar level of performance from the men's side of the house, I think the seat would be mighty hot right now. Would be yeah, and rightful, away. rightful, and deserved. I mean, right, rightful, and, rightfully and deserved as well. Does it? The team, frankly, has the the talent coming in next year that you should expect. And frankly, you should expect an NCAA tournament berth or this would be the time to move on.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And and to be, you know, I think she's gotten a lot of time to work through uh, the deep hole created by Marlene Stallings. And now it's time to show that next step. So, all right, well, that's for later cuz for now we're moving on and we're moving on because we drumroll are a hockey school. Uh, the women are conference champions for the first time since tw- is it 2017? Uh not that long. Uh 2019. Thank you. I I knew I was doing that wrong. That's why such a such a high pitch on that ask. Um so the women conference champions for the first time since 2019. Fantastic. Uh the men uh, have put themselves in a position where I mean a conference championship, regular season conference championship is still within reach they need a little help from uh, either Michigan sucking or Notre Dame playing extremely well but uh, it's definitely possible for them to they don't control, I'm, I'm correct in this Andy, they, they don't control their own destiny
0: but they're pretty close I was wondering how long you are going to blabber on before you actually let me answer the question well, go
1: go my friend
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll, well, I guess we can we can start with the men. Sure. Uh, yeah, the the men uh, head into the final weekend of the regular season this weekend. Two points behind Michigan in the Big Ten standings. Um, the Wolverines and and Gophers both doing what they needed to do. I think I saw uh, Brad Schlossman from the uh, Grand Forks Herald had a stat today that uh, Minnesota, Michigan, I think he added BU in there, and it might have been. Maybe it was North Dakota. It was four teams that were all missing Olympians. Michigan missing four. The Gophers missing three. Uh, During the time they were missing their Olympians went 19-0-1. So, so much for for the teams (laughs) were going to fold during the Olympics. Um, But, yeah, uh, Minnesota on a fire, won six games in a row. uh, Their first three consecutive sweeps in a row. They hadn't won two Series or swept two series in a row until uh, last week. So uh, getting things done, but unfortunately, Michigan doing just as well, uh, continuing to hold on to that two point lead. So, yeah, uh, the Wolverines also have the tiebreaker against the Gophers uh, in winning the season series. So, basically, imagine you're down three points. Um, So, basically, Minnesota needs to sweep Wisconsin this weekend and they need the Gophers need Notre Dame to take at least one from the Wolverines down in South Bend. Now, uh, Notre Dame did do that in, uh, when they played earlier this year, they won both games in overtime over Michigan, uh, in Ann Arbor. So that is definitely a potential thing that can happen. Um, But there has to be a three point split between uh, Minnesota and Michigan for the Gophers to win the Big Ten outright. That would be the first time since, I believe, 2017, um, and earn that first round bye into the uh, Big Ten tournaments will begin next week.
1: Also, you know, this this series of of, uh, positive events for the men has moved the Gophers up to fifth in the pairwise.
0: Uh, yeah, I believe they're currently fifth in the pairwise. They were they were right in that sort of tie for fifth, sixth. But I believe they currently uh, hold the tiebreaker and are are in fifth right now. So, uh, if they continue winning, uh, sneaking into a number one seed is is a possibility. But right now, pretty confidently into a two or a three. Um, a lot of moving parts still. I mean, obviously, you've got the last week of the regular season for for all, uh, all of the conferences, and then between the big 10, the, uh, NCHC and, uh, hockey East, ECAC, lots of things up in the air that can, that can move around. But, uh, if the Gophers can continue to take care of business, yeah, a number one seed's not out of the, uh, the realm of possibility. Um, I think if you asked Bob Motzko and, and the Gophers, they'd be perfectly fine getting a, a two, even a high three, if they, if they ended up dropping back a little bit there. But, um, when you, when you realize that, you know, Minnesota should on paper, beat wisconsin at home this weekend wisconsin is not good um and then next week uh, they either don't play if they can win the conference or as the two seed they're going to end up basically playing either uh, penn state or michigan state um in again what should be a a, uh pretty much an uh well should be an easy sweep but we all know that doesn't exactly happen around here um before, you know, moving then on to the, to the Big Ten sending so it in the Big Ten final, if they get that far. So, uh, you know, the Gophers will have opportunity. Uh, this is, I was seeing, this is the first year that it looks like the Big Ten, uh, since 20, I believe since 2017, um, by just pairwise rankings can get four teams in the NCAA field. If they would hold tight right now, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio state, and Notre Dame, all, if the field was announced today would be in it. Um, Obviously, again, plenty of time for things not to happen in Ohio State and Notre Dame, or in the uh, in the twelve thirteen range, so they could slide backslide out, but. um the, the Big Ten is actually one of the better, the top-heavy part of the Big Ten is one of the better conferences in college hockey this year. So it's not like some of the old years where Minnesota dominated and, and they'd lose pairwise points no matter who they played. Um, if they, they end up getting into a, a Big Ten semifinal or a Big Ten championship game against any of those top four teams, uh, there's definitely a pairwise movement between uh, between any of them.
1: Okay, so the women at this point, uh, obviously conference champions, that means they um, are playing at home uh, the rest of the way to the NCAA, is correct?
0: Yeah, uh, Minnesota basically is locked in through the NCAA quarterfinal. They will not have to leave uh, leave Ritter Arena between uh, a... Uh, WCHA first round series this week, and then the WCHA final faceoff, which is at Ritter next weekend, uh, and then a NCAA quarterfinal. As long as they stay one of the top four teams in the pairwise, which they are currently number one, uh, basically in in playing with the BC interruption. Grant Salzano there has a has a pairwise predictor tool you can fool around with. Uh, basically, the only way Minnesota would drop out of the top four would be getting swept at home by St. Thomas this weekend. Uh, so I'd put I'd put the chances of that at about So yes, in theory the Gophers should be uh, two home games this weekend against St. Thomas, the Frozen Four next weekend, and then a home NCAA quarterfinal the week after that.
1: It's nice to be able to just celebrate a championship, breathe a little sigh, and uh, take the next couple um, games as gravy um, without having to worry about it massively affecting uh you know appearances in the NCAA so not not a feeling we had at the beginning of the season when they were a little more up and down
0: no they were up and down and like I said it will be interesting to see I mean uh, it'll be interesting to see how Brad Frost puts in his lineup and things like that um you know as they they finished the regular season with the sweep of St. Thomas last week they gave Skyler Vetter, who appears to be right now their number three goalie a start um You know, I I would be surprised to see her get action again this weekend. I think they're going to start trying to get their, uh, their main tournament lineup, uh, getting in here. So the question will be whether it's Lauren Bench or Michaela Paul. They both have uh, split games in in series down the stretch here in high, high series against both Wisconsin and Ohio State. So to, to be brutally honest, it'll be interesting to see if he, you know, gives them each a game this weekend and then they sort of keep rotating or if he tries to figure out somebody as we get a hot hand here into the uh, into the Big Ten frozen face-off in the uh, NCAA tournament. Um, because you know, both both goalies, I would say Paul has been a bit more consistent. Um, bench, I think her her ceiling is higher. Uh, but she's had a couple of doozies where she's looked awful in the first period. And, you know, Minnesota has been able generally to catch up, except for that loss to Minnesota State, which uh, ended their 50-some game winning streak. Um, but if, you know, they fall down accidentally two or three to a, to a quality team, uh, the Gophers may struggle to get back into that game, so it'll be interesting to see exactly how how Brad Frost starts uh, doing lineups here going forward. But uh, yeah, I mean Minnesota, it would take a epic collapse to uh, to not sweep St. Thomas this weekend and, and move into the final face-off, um, as the number one seed, the best thing is, as you miss, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio state in the semifinal, uh, they will be battling one another again, most likely. So you'll either get Minnesota Duluth or the, uh, lowest advancing seed if, if somebody upsets. So, um, it'll be nice that the, you know, the, the table is set for the Gophers to go on a nice little run here, at least make it to the WCHA championship game. And then, uh, we'll see where the NCAA seeding goes, um. You know, as we said, the eleven teams make the NCAA tournament this year. They've they've added the teams, and it's going to be a little bit confusing. Uh, but just like just like the last few years, only the top four teams are guaranteed a home quarterfinal. Um, it's looking right now like Minnesota is definitely safe. Ohio State is probably safe. Uh, Wisconsin right now would be hitting the road for the NCAA tournament, which I think would be the first time that's happened in a very, very long time. Uh, they can still sneak into that top four, but they probably need to win the WCHA tournament for that to happen. So uh, you can bet Wisconsin's going to be going full bore here in the, uh, the playoffs the next couple of weeks to, to squeeze in and and try and make sure they get that home game over a, a Yale or a Northeastern or another Eastern team.
1: I have one word for you. Stickers. You need stickers from Homefield Apparel. I have recently purchased uh, basically their entire supply, or at least their entire line of stickers. There's a fantastic Tulane Green Wave. They now have a Slippery Rock University, Rocky the Rock, in some sort of fur coat with a pendant. At, go to homefieldapparel.com uh, to check it out. You're going to love these stickers. And of course... There's all the comfortable, fantastic apparel. Homefieldapparel.com is the place to go. Make sure to use code DAILYGOPHER at checkout for 15% off your first order. That's homefieldapparel.com, code DAILYGOPHER. Well, keeping it with uh, the good news, uh, Sarah Bacon Um putting on a show again in uh, women's swimming and diving. Uh, and also uh, as uh, I'd forgotten until Andy noted it just before we started recording holder of one of the best Twitter handles uh, out there right now.
0: Yes, yeah, sir. Sarah, Sarah Bacon, the Baconator, her Twitter handle. That's fantastic. Um, yes. No, she, she impressed again. And, and uh, you know, she already has four NCAA uh, diving championships, uh, went to the big 10 championships this weekend and added two more, uh, she won both the 1-meter and the 3-meter titles uh, and set Big Ten records in both. Um, Minnesota, actually Kelsey Bryant, former Minnesota diver, held those records until last week, uh, but Bacon broke both of them uh, and now holds all the Big Ten diving records Um yeah, I mean she's she's phenomenal. When when she decided to come back for her fifth year of eligibility, we knew it was basically going to be to win titles, and and she did just that. So uh, they now go on to the uh, the NCAA diving regionals in Madison here in a week, where you know again, barring an epic collapse, Bacon will easily advance through to the uh, NCAA championships, where she'll be looking for individual NCAA title number five and number six at, uh, at the end of the month in March. So we'll hope that she can continue the run she's on and uh, add a couple more titles uh, to her reign as, as one of the best individual female athletes to ever come out of the University of Minnesota.
1: Uh, I'd like to close out with a little bit of just randomness uh, and draw Street back in for, for a, a quick moment here. Uh, right before the pod, uh, I was made aware by Andy sharing a tweet that, the first of all, I didn't remember that the USFL was a thing um, for spring professional, quote unquote, football. Uh, but then also Shea Patterson of Michigan was the number one overall pick, and I am now simply confused. Uh, by what is going on in this world? When Shea Patterson, I don't care what league it is. Why is Shea Patterson anyone's number one pick?
2: For the USFL? Are you asking me to explain I, this I, to you?
1: Yes, explain any part of it to me. I, I, I'm at a loss. We've got. I don't even know who some of these. Like, I'm sorry. I see another tweet now with the who the quarterbacks are. I don't even remember where some of these guys played. Ben Holmes. Who the fuck is Ben Holmes? Remind
2: me. Sorry. Who? Yeah, Ben Holmes.
0: Uh, yes, apparently Ben Holmes was the number four draft pick. So apparently, they just decided to go by position. So the first round of the USL draft, which happened earlier this evening, all the quarterbacks went off the board, or at least starting quarterbacks went off the board. So as you said, yeah, Shea Patterson was the number one selection of the. Admittedly, it was the Michigan team that picked him, so they're probably. Well, you know that's a lie because I was going to say they're probably looking for ticket sales, but the games are all being played in Birmingham. So you're not even trying to get ticket sales by that hometown pick. I, I don't understand that at all. Uh, if if you want to feel nostalgic for Minnesota, uh, the number two draft pick with Jordan Tamu, uh, aka the uh, was that the dude the, we should uh, have picked up if the, uh,
1: if uh, Lyme, uh, uh, not Lime Grover if uh, uh, Tracy, Tracy it, yeah. Clays has gotten Linus. off his
0: ass, yes, he would have been uh, he, he would have been uh, the one of the quarterbacks uh, that he was going to try and get in his one year of recruiting, and, and apparently just lazed him off enough that he decided to go to Mississippi State instead, uh, where he now has had a good enough college career that he's become the uh, number two pick in the USFL draft. Uh, but, yes, you're right. There are some other names. Clayton Thorson went number five, uh, Northwestern. <laughs> I'm, I'm using great in air quotes. Um, Kyle Slaughter, the uh, the Viking fan, the... Uh, practice squad who everybody thought he should be starting over over several others for a while he he went eighth overall but yeah then there's several other quarterbacks like you said brian scott ben holmes alex mcgough and kyle laletta are the other four quarterbacks who went and uh, i don't think
2: i can tell you who ben holmes played for he played for tarleton state university and i'll give you three guesses as to where it's that in is texas located. somewhere
1: i was gonna say georgia
2: It is not in Georgia. Andy with a winner. It is one of the founding members of Texas A&M University. It was originally John Tarleton Agricultural College, and there's no reason you would have heard of it, but apparently Ben Holmes is pretty good for that particular football team. I think the short version is that people are willing to watch really awful football on a regular basis unless they are a Northwestern fan, in which case they're unwilling to watch any football whatsoever.
0: <laughs> or an Indiana fan. Okay, we're
2: really going to develop
0: into this. Brian Scott apparently played at Occidental in California. Uh, I believe so. And he uh, and he played for the Spring League Generals and a little bit in the CFL. Um he majored in urban environmental policy at Occidental, so uh, there you all right, go. Well, I officially am cheering for him now because <laughs> all of that. <laughs> uh, he's played. He's played a couple of years on the practice squad of the CFL um so yeah let's see who else are we missing we're missing Alex McGough let's look him up just because we got nothing better to do
1: we live in a world where the USFL is currently just cherry picking the practice squads of the CFL that's not a great sign for the talent level to start but I'm still cheering for Brian Scott because I'm I'm just going to assume that's a d3 school with
0: yeah, Alex McGoff went to FIU and apparently he's been on the Seahawks and the Jaguars and the Texans and then the Seahawks practice squads for the last four years. So um good for well, you. Well I will
1: be watching well, I will watch no minutes of this, uh except for any clips of ridiculousness of quality or horribleness that make it onto Twitter. Um I am excited for all of these practice squad players to have a uh, guaranteed
2: for the length of this season paycheck. Um. Well, I believe you should be particularly excited for the sixth round and to close the podcast because in the sixth round of the USSFL draft, USSFL draft, the selection from the New Orleans Breakers, which feels like a really not awesome name for a New Orleans-based franchise, was Donald Green. Hey!
1: One of us, one of us, one of us. And on that very Minnesota note, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the Sky U Podcast. I keep it here for coverage of what will hopefully be uh, a men's hockey championship over the weekend, but if not, getting ready for all those NCAA tournaments. Uh, in the meantime, go Gophers. Sky U Ma, row the boat. Go Gophers, row the boat.